I think the scariest thing for me to look back on is probably the additives in the food that I just had no idea about. It's the chemicals and the sprays on things because I was a big fruit and veggie people, or veggie person. I always have been, and the my eye openings to those sort of things and and the detoxing I've been doing since going on a better health journey. Looking back, I'm like, wow, if only we'd known a lot of this stuff growing up, if our parents had not. I mean, it's just continuing to evolve and you can't change the past, but you can live for a better, healthier future now. It's not hard to do and that's an exciting option we now have with the resources and availability of better stuff and better information. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I have a very special guest on the show. She actually happens to be my neighbor. This amazing soul, Fiona Turner, has had a very colorful and interesting life. She's a phenomenal soul. She's got her uni degree. She works in as a PA. She's also worked in events. She's had some very interesting and amazing jobs that has led her to have incredible connections networks, and amazing opportunities. But I think what I was really excited about sharing her and her story with you this week was just the significant changes that this woman has made since choosing to invest more time, money, and energy into herself, and what the ripple effect, what the cause of those choices have now meant, not only to her partner, her beautiful husband, her children, but her work colleagues and her friendship circles. I think you're going to love the story. It's very real and raw, but it's also a beautiful insight into hearing what happens when you take the time to really, truly invest in yourself. I cannot wait to share her incredible story with you. I know you're going to love her and I know you're going to love all the tips and advice she gives. And with any hope, it certainly opens your mind to stay curious to what it means to live your best self. And if you love this podcast, please reach out and let us know on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, or you can reach me on Kim Morrison Training on Facebook. You can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast, or you are very welcome to reach out to me on my website, kimmorrison.com. Thank you to 28 for sponsoring this show, 28 Essentials. That's the word 20, the number 8.com. And thank you to The Wellness Couch for hosting this. I'm truly grateful to have such a beautiful team of inspiring souls around me. And I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast as much as any others. It's a real treat. And I know you're going to love every single word. Take care, be kind, and I look forward to talking to you right here in the same place next week. Well, each and every week, I get the opportunity to speak to some pretty extraordinary souls, 
And my absolute excitement this week is because this woman happens to be my neighbor, but she's also become a very dear friend and someone who I've really enjoyed watching the journey, particularly over the last couple of years. I'd love to welcome you to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Fiona. Thank you. It's such a treat to have you on here, and I'm very grateful that you said yes, even though you thought it was weird that I asked you. (laughs) But I just, you know, for the person that doesn't know you and why I've become so interested in you, perhaps you could just give us a little background as to where you grew up, what your philosophies were growing up, and what you've done for work, and where you've ended up now. That would be a really beautiful segue into your journey. Okay, yeah, sure. So, um, I was, I grew up in Melbourne, um, pretty much standard all girls school. Um, if my dad was a doctor, we had a, 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 can't complain, we had a great childhood. Um, I went to uni in Melbourne, did kind of pretty much standard what was virtually expected, but I also very happy to say what I, what I like doing as well. I um, went to uni in Melbourne, then I started work and, um, Worked in uh, as an administration work basically. So I've done. I'm, I'm a pretty good administrator. I like to admit by now. You'd hope so after having 20 years of experience. Plus, um, and yeah, worked in Melbourne in a number of jobs. And I actually went out and I had a lot of have a lot of confidence in many ways. And and in that era, I, I someone said to me, "You've got a, a front as big as Myers." I, I pretty much decided who I wanted to work for and when, and and fronted up to places and contacted people and had no hesitation to um, present myself and, and kind of work my way into what I wanted to do. And I, was, and I guess in those days it was probably easier to do it than it is now, but um, certainly had some fantastic jobs, had a lot of networks through those jobs as well with friends and connections, which I've still maintained. I I guess one of my um, positive skills, I suppose, is my communication. I keep up with people and I um, – tend to be the communicator, particularly in our family as well. Um, and in the, in, work, in the workplace, it's really important for what I do as well. Being an administrator, I do a lot of office management type things. So, yeah, moved to, moved to the Sunshine Coast after we had kids. I, I married my husband in Melbourne, I'm sorry, in, in Brisbane, and then we ended up moving up here to the Sunshine Coast uh, about 20-ish years ago with our two kids and have been very happy here since. And I work full-time. There's and something can, about the coast, though, isn't there? I just oh. wanted to, you know, here you are in Melbourne with a mecca of culture and coffee and wine and food and beautiful suburbs, and yet here you are on the sunny coast. What do you think was the biggest driver for you to be here? Um, it was it, probably family. Biggest thing was family. We also used to come up here regularly because our family was from here, Brisbane and, and the coast. Um, so we'd come up here for holidays, do that hellish two-day drive flat out for two-week school holidays and the hell the hell out. Bad out of hell drive back. It was pretty awful, actually, because um, we used to dread the leaving, but also the drive back. We do that every every year, and and in the end, I was like, I really don't want to keep doing that. And and my husband and I came up here. He was from Brisbane anyway, and at one stage, it's like I don't really want to go back. Um, you know, especially we had kids, and my parents were up here, and his parents, so it just made sense. And once we started to look at the um lifestyle options up here and, and and just what we'd done in Melbourne. Someone said to us, you're just going to be chasing the buck for 20 years to put your kids through school and whatever else in Melbourne. We were like, yeah, nah, we want a lifestyle and, grow up and let our kids grow up with us around. So, yeah, we bit the bullet and moved up here. Um, never looked back, loved the place, and I still love Melbourne for the food and the coffee and my girlfriends down there. It's a great, it's a great lifestyle, but, yeah, my choice is here through and through. <laughs> 
understand why I love Melbourne. Mm. I lived there for four years too. Let's mm. just go back to Melbourne because we've had a few gins on the deck and we've had a few cappuccino catch-ups. But one of the things that I recall you saying, you talked about having some great jobs in, uh, in Melbourne and you've rubbed shoulders with some pretty famous people. <laughs> yeah, Do you want to just give us a few little stories around that? Because I think it's uh, pretty cool, the fact that you fronted up, got these jobs and then ended up doing some pretty extraordinary things. Yeah, I, I, well, I was lucky. I, I worked at the Tennis Centre first of all when it opened actually. So when it was the National Tennis Centre, I don't even know what year it was. Um, that was a great fun time in my life because we worked in um, during these first two Australian Opens I was there and uh, we got to meet a lot of players and hang out with them and that was just a really good, good fun time in my life and, and made some connections there and kept up with them and managed to you know, get some nab some tickets to Wimbledon at one stage and yeah, that was just just my uh, ability to keep up with people. And in those days, it wasn't even email or mobile phones. I don't even know how I did it. Tell you honestly, I, I don't know how I kept up with them. I'm, I'm I cannot remember. But anyway, kept up with a number of tennis players and um, went to a lot of those parties and things. So it was a bit of a life at that time. At that, that time, and that was really good fun. But then I moved at uh, went into Crown, worked for the hotel at Crown Casino, and yeah, got to rub shoulders with a lot of VIPs because I did a lot of. Um, I guess I, was, I wasn't a butler. It was more of a sort of a VIP or a guest guest host, guest relations person. So, yeah, got to do a bit of the um, looking after some stars, the Rod Stewart's of the world and who else? Kevin Costner, a couple of drop, name drops there. That was pretty funny. Very, very fun time of my life. Um, and it was it was not realistic. It was not, you know, long-term sort of lifestyle stuff. It was they, they were there for a few weeks and you just look after them and feel like you had a little insight into their lives. It was a bit of a laugh and, and good fun, and and you can tell a couple of good stories from it. But yeah, it was it was a really fun time, and I appreciated that and those opportunities I was given. But I I did also work for them, and and you know it was obviously being paid to to do that sort of work, so it was good fun being their organizer and their um I guess their assistant in a way for a lot of the stuff I did. So that was that was a good fun time, and and when I left Melbourne, that was one of the sorry. It was. It's a bit of a trusting job, though. Like to be chosen to do that, and then to be a VIP or a celebrity or someone of status in that realm, you want to know that you can trust the person that's looking after you. Totally. So it would have been quite a beautiful privilege, really, in many ways. Even it, though you got a nice little insights too. Yeah, yeah and it definitely was. And that's the nature. I'm. I'm a very loyal person. I'm also very. Um. I've been a PA for most of my life. In I guess in the administrative jobs I've done, and you. Be, you become discerning as to you know you, you are known for your confidentiality people tell you stuff and you know stuff that's that you, that is your bosses or whoever you're working with so that's that's the nature of what I do and I still am like that which is um, that's me that's just how I am so um yeah it's not that there's top secret stuff and I'm not into you know that sort of I'm not interested in the sort of stuff that you don't need to know but yeah people trust me and it was and it, I guess that's how I did get those jobs as well I wasn't um uh, you know, I was relaxed, but it was still business. Yes. So, yeah. And I think that's what makes you so amazing. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about growing up. I know you had a great upbringing and you enjoyed life in Melbourne. What was it like having a GP, a doctor as, as your dad and yeah. your mum? Like how did that affect your lives? Was that amazing? Well, it was, I guess you don't know any different when you grow up. It was, um, you do become a bit in, I mean, you have revolting dinner conversations when you've got an ear, nose and throat doctor as a father. It's, um, yeah, that was pretty funny, but kind of gross, but you got used to it. And you, you you pick up lots of stuff, lots of information. 
um, and a curiosity in a way as well. Uh, you, you might be looking up a, some medical book that's on the bench for some reason. I mean, those, that's what we looked up in those days. We didn't look up the internet to find out things. So, yeah, it's a bit of a curiosity. And you do become a little bit, like I think I became a little bit scientifically entrenched that you had to have proof and you had to have this was the answer to that and, and the, the script was the answer to that or this is the cure for that. And it was very factual. So that's because I, I didn't know any different. Um, and that's what, it wasn't entrenched in me. It was just you went to the doctor if you had this. You went to the GP if you had that. And I guess a lot's changed for me since then. Um, I haven't become cynical about anything like that, but I'm more open-minded to other avenues of um, dealing with health and mental health and physical health. And that's changed a lot for me over the last probably 20 years since I, since I left Melbourne, since you know, I, I'm left, left home or longer than that. So that's a massive shift for me that has, I'm, I'm happy with and um, I'm proud of too that it's, uh, it's been a huge learning curve but it's fascinating. And, and yeah, I, I never probably thought I'd not, I wouldn't think in a very scientific way but I think the world has changed too, a much more um, holistic way of looking at things and people have got much more open minds. There's a lot more research. Things have developed a lot more. We see the good and the bad in scientific methods and practices. So. Yeah, that's Let's been a really cool Let's talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. because that's something that I really admire again about you is the ability to actually have a more openly critical thinking mind as opposed to a one-way route. This is all there is. Mm. And even though we as humans like to see the science, there's still a lot of anecdotal wisdom that we've carried throughout our lives. Was there ever any time that you questioned or challenged the medical system, um, not necessarily your dad, but you looked at it and thought, oh, is that all there is? Or have you just sure. gone with the flow until something opened up for you? And what was that turning point? Oh, well, it's funny because my mother's health was a big part of my, um, I guess I, I do admit I, I have I have had and I'm getting less, but I've had a paranoia about my health. My mother had um, breast cancer and so did my grandmother. So I have a family history of it and it's made me very conscious of it. And as I say, somewhat paranoid for a long time. I'm a lot better with it now um, because I'm more knowledgeable about the risk, the impact, and the um, and maybe lessening the risk. I don't really know, but having learned, uh, being very conscious of that, and also the fact that I, I watched my mum deteriorate, you know, with um, the cancer in the end. But she also had issues with uh, thyroid issues, um, as in a, she was on thyroxin, and and it was funny because that's something I've been tracked for. I'm, I'm obviously conscious about aging as best I can. Um, and my thyroid was being watched carefully over the last, mm, I don't know, eight, I don't even know when it started, 10 years ago. And it was okay, but it was slowly going downhill. And the doctor said to me, you, you know, you'll be on thyroxine in the end because that's, that's the answer to this sort of challenge. So that's when I was like, I didn't really want to go on thyroxine. Not, not that I'm anti going on these things, but I wanted to see if there's any way I could avoid or delay going on it because it's not a thing you just have to take every day and and it's great for some people and it's an op- not an option for some others it's, I, I understand that totally and it may not be an option for me in the end but I thought is there any way I can avoid doing this for as long as I can so that's when I started looking into actually it was I don't even know the exact trigger that made me I think it was when actually I went with you to a uh, to Libby Weaver's session at uh, a presentation she did here and we were talking about it and I just had some blood tests done, and I think she quickly glanced at them. And, and she, we were talking about um, thyroid issues, and she said you know, a lot of a lot of women like me can try going gluten free and see what happens. It's an option, and she th- th- there was some gutsy sort of you know 
inf information about that. So I looked into that a bit more and, and, and pretty much did it because it wasn't hard, especially up here with our food options. Um, and so when it went gluten-free, pretty strictly gluten-free. And um, within my next, next blood test, within a few months, uh, my thyroid results had pretty much stabilised back to what they were a few years prior. So for me personally, that was a huge like aha moment that diet can, can change a lot of things. And I'd never been on a diet in my life, never thought of a diet. I've, I've been very lucky with my, um, I guess my health, I've always been active, but I'm also, you know, genetically, my parents were both fairly um, healthy people genetically. So I'd never really had to worry about what I ate. I pretty much could eat anything. Uh, and I did eat anything. I must say I didn't always eat good stuff. Could always go a Chico roll, which is very scary. <laughs> it is you funny, isn't it? Or you hate them. But when, you, when you get on this pathway, though, and you look back, is there anything that you look back on now and go, oh, my gosh, how did I do that? Or how did I not know that? Or, oh, my gosh, I'm glad I know this now, apart from the Chico rolls. Yeah, I know. Well, oh, yeah, look, I think the scariest thing for me to look back on is um, – Probably the additives in the food that I just had no idea about. It's the the chemicals and and the uh, it's sprays on things because I was a big fruit and veggie people, veggie person. I always have been, and the my eye openings to those sort of things and and the detoxing I've been doing since you know going on a better health journey. Looking back, I'm like, wow, if only we'd known a lot of this stuff growing up, if our parents had not. I mean, it's just it's just continuing to evolve and you can't change the past, but you can live for a better, healthier future now. It's not hard to, to do and that's, you know, an exciting option we now have with the resources and um, availability of better stuff and better information. That's so true. And that catalyst of going along to see Dr. Libby Weaver, mm. I just want to touch on that for anyone listening to this. You know, it doesn't, you don't know who that person's going to be that opens your mind, body, heart, and soul to a new way of thinking or a new way of even looking at having another perspective on health or well being. And Libby is such a beautiful explainer of chemistry and what happens with the body, but she also brings in the emotional aspect, understanding how much our emotions and our mental state can play on our health, including belief systems. So you had a pretty challenging time bringing up your children. There was a few issues there around health. Could you explain to us a little bit about what that was and also maybe what that did to you emotionally? Mm, sure. So um, my son had food allergies, anaphylactic food allergies from an early age. And it was, it was fine. I became a hel bit of a helicopter parent as you do with, with, with your kids anyway, when you want to help trying to control them sort of thing. But um, with him more specifically, I did become probably a bit, I don't know, over paranoid. You kind of do, you just continue because you can control what they eat for a long time except when they go on things like school camps or when they then leave home and things like that and that's when you feel out of control and there was a few things that made I mean I was I was all right with it because we taught him well we were very strict with what we did and didn't have in the house and um, my daughter probably missed out on a number of things that she would have liked but she managed to deal with that as well um and we lived it we we brought our kids up on healthy diets even though we couldn't have certain things but as certain events happened and I, you know, he, I, I started to not have that control, it did set me off with a bit, well, the anxiety was from that, but also probably from my health um, concerns when my mum was very sick with breast cancer. I think that's when it um, 
I guess, got worse and I decided to seek some d- direct medical help for, I went on an anti, a low-grade low antidepressant, which helped me for quite a while. But then I just got, I just had it for a long time and I, I don't know, it was only, I guess it was two years ago now, I decided I need to get off this. I'd been on it for long enough and I don't honestly think for me it was making any difference in the end. Um, and I'd sort of, my son had had moved out of home and he's fine with dealing with, he can cope with himself and very confident with his management of self-managed abilities. We have taught him well, put it that way. But he's also a smart kid um, and he's got good friends. So you know, all that sort of stuff helps me manage with, him in his own control of his life. He's got to control his life. You know, it's not mine anymore. So the, the health paranoia sort of didn't help me and, and I went on these antidepressants and I didn't want to stay on them for much longer. Really, I just didn't know what long-term effect would have and they didn't really know except they weren't really giving me any long-term bad effects. Well, why was I on them in the end? So I ended up going to a more – actually through one of Libby's seminars I heard of more – I didn't know much about holistic or more functional sort of – what do you call it, um, integrative medical doctors. And I found – I was recommended to one on the coast here who is just fabulous. And I went to her and started talking through all this stuff and she pretty much asked me what I wanted to get out of it. And one of the things was getting off this antidepressant. Um, so I needed to obviously wean myself off it carefully and see what else mentally I was doing to help me cope when I had anxiety issues or whatever. And just feeling better about myself was – was part of it, the mental health um, approach to things, which is something I hadn't been brought up with and I think it's something that's probably only come to be much bigger and well talked about and well known in the last generation of people rather than as I grew up, mental health wasn't even really mentioned much. So, yeah, it was just really things like that coming to light for, for me more in my life then and, and changing some some habits and seeking out ways to deal with my own mental health better. Um that set me more on this path of overall health. Well, I mean, there is, there is statistics that say, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm just saying this from what I've heard, that antidepressants can be a great bridge for some people, but they're not a long-term um, aid. In fact, some have said that within three to six months, they don't even work, and I've heard even shorter that shorter times. I don't know specifically, but it doesn't sound to me like the best long term. What I want to acknowledge you for, and really why I'm so in awe of what you've done, is that you didn't just stay on this medication or stay on that medical route. You actually got curious and wanted to make the change. You wanted to get off it. Now, that mustn't have been easy. Um, And I just want to ask you, when you found this beautiful integrative medical doctor, did she tell you what you had to do? Was it a gentle coercion? Like what made her so empowering for you to follow through on this? Because it was, it was tailored to me. It was focused on me. It was like, what do, what do I want? This is something I've been addressing in the last few years is actually I've now got me time. I, I, I'm not going to say, oh, pity me. I was at the bottom of the pile of my family. I wasn't, but I was absolutely dedicated to getting my kids grown up, you know, into their 20s and sorted. And that was my priority for a long time. So I wasn't giving myself a priority of in, in my life. So to actually go and address my health, which is one of the most important things to me, was something this doctor was totally obviously on board with. And She's the type of doctor that what she does is she gave gave you time and energy into you, tailoring to you what you want. She asks you in the in the you know in the pre-work paper paperwork, what what do you what do you want out of this? And are you willing to make changes if these are deemed appropriate or, or good or what, you know? So I was willing to do all this and I, I knew it would probably cost money as well, but I was like, that's nah, my priority now. 
So it's something I've focused on, and I and I've it, it made me more and more interested in learning more about options and choices with health and with diet and with um, lifestyle choices. Um, and it wasn't hard to I shouldn't say it wasn't hard. My husband was on board too. That has really helped. Um, so and the and the kids are excited. That was what was really cool. They were really encouraging of me to do stuff for myself, be it health wise, be it spiritually, be it you know, whatever, aesthetically, whatever it is, physically, whatever. So that was really cool to have that encouragement. Um, but I would have done it for myself anyway because it's just what have you got if you haven't got your health and your, and your future? It's um, so true. Our health is way. our greatest asset. It is the number one thing to focus on and it's so important to invest time, energy and money into it. What I love about this particular doctor, who my mum's also seen, um, and I really love her attitude. Most holistic integrative doctors do have that very big holistic, but also have a medical intervention if required. And that's what I think we love about it, that there's a place for both sides. Yeah. But what's what's so interesting to me here is you mentioned it. She gave you the time and energy for you. Now, many doctors these days, and it's not their fault, we want the instant quick fix. As humans, we just want to get there. We've got a problem. Give me something. Tell me something. Let me get out of here and get on because I've got to get back to work or I've got to keep being a mum or dad or whatever. And yet, we so we had this instant gratification mentality, instantality way of approaching health. Yet health is a long-term lifelong journey what would you say has been the biggest lesson that it's given you around taking time particularly when you've measured things through blood tests what do you think has been the real benefit of this last two years where she has taken the time and encouraged you to try different things maybe even one thing at a time what's been the big key thing for you um I guess I just feel better in every way I feel my I feel my body is reacting better to to aging. Simple as that, I guess. I I am I'm I'm moving better. My skin, my nails, skin's part of your product actually, not just what the doctor did. <laughs> um, my hair, just and also going through menopause. It's I've I've done it well. I think I, I'm doing it well. Can't say I'm through it, but anyway, that sort of stuff. I I feel like I'm not as tired about. I'm not tired as much. I'm. I mean, you know, you're still, you're still nothing's perfect. I'm not saying, hey, I feel like a, you know a twenty year old. I don't, but I I feel good for where I'm at mentally and physically, and I'm satisfied with my my body is like I'm doing a detox at the moment for heavy metals under her guidance, and I'm finding it quite satisfying because I know the impact of these heavy metals. I didn't know about this many years ago. I wouldn't have a clue. The, heavy, the impact of heavy metals on um, on thyroid health and bone. I don't know. Lots of, lots of stuff. I mean, I'm not scientifically, you know, that knowledgeable about it either, but I, I know it's not great. And, and the detox has been really enlightening and not that hard to do. And having my husband on board as well has really helped having the organic markets nearby. So I think the whole health change and just eating better. And I'm also funny, I had to enjoy the eating food better because I'm looking at more, following much more social media stuff on that, on that sort of um, part of my lifestyle. And it's just been really enjoyable in a way. Well, it's been fascinating and fun to watch you guys too because we are, as I said, neighbours and we've got to share and enjoy many things. Another thing that you did last year was 
the Essential Self Mastery Program and you attended the Essential Self Care Weekend. Mm-hmm. And this isn't yeah. some big, you know, self-endorsing plug here, but I did oh, I'll notice. It. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I so appreciate it because I saw such significant and massive beautiful psychological, physiological, and physical, mental, emotional shifts with you. Mm. What do you think that journey was all about, coming along and being around other people and, you know, being open and curious about learning more about yourself? It was mind-blowing. I've never done anything like that for myself before. You know, I've done improvement stuff for work and you do things, improve your skills, but that just doesn't cut it for your life. And that's the part of the, I mean, I enjoy my work, but I enjoy. I want to enjoy my life and having these. Um, well, the essential self, the, the self care weekend was a, a prelim, and it was just a beautiful, honest, open, humbling, make yourself vulnerable type place if you wanted to. And it was everyone cared because we we're all people. Everyone was sort of looking after, wanting to look after themselves and others. It was one of those caring sort of places that, even with strangers, it was bizarre. We all just sort of clicked because we were all focused on self improvement and sharing some of it or a lot of it. And it was a huge shift for me to go to something like that because you don't do that sort of thing often. Those opportunities don't come up. They're not the sort of thing you could just go and do a course and it doesn't work on, you know, with related to work. It was a personal thing and it was – but it was really good information, I guess, more to the point. It was it was new information for me, a lot of it, of, of understanding different styles of communication, personalities, and it wasn't heavy. It wasn't, you know, heavy like, oh, we could do a Myers Briggs test and work, and they all stand over there and stand over there. It was it was fun, it was light, but it was very insightful. And then when you throw in the aromatherapy side of things, which I'd never had much to do with before in my life, and now I'm a, a bit of an addict, um, that just softens the whole thing. Of this is lovely. You can touch this stuff. It's the practical side of it. You can touch, smell, feel, and it, it just it was such an all round good thing to do. I think for for someone that like me at that time was just perfect and I guess it was a, st- a set off for that's why I wanted to do the self-mastery one because I saw more in it a lot more I could probably get out of that side of um, thought and physical um, mental emotional everything it was just an all-rounded thing that I loved I with very I've... like-minded people which helps I think well, that's what I was saying. I think what I've loved most about the two intakes that we've done so far is the connection mm. between one another and how being vulnerable actually makes you more, um, I don't know, have a deeper connection with others. It's our vulnerability yeah. that's our greatest strength sometimes. Yeah, because you, you realise you're not alone in the way you're thinking, what you're worrying about, and, and the same pressures. We all have similar pressures and similar issues, and that's what was really reassuring actually you're not alone with the the crap you think about and the self-talk you think about and things like that and it was nearly common themes that we were like oh yeah I do that too oh it was you know it was fun because it's like I am actually normal but there are also answers to a lot of that stuff and that was really nice so yeah I think what do you think as you went through because the essential self-care weekend is a two-day immersion like that's really beautiful we get to fun we get to play we get to have fun we get to learn but we do it in a very integrative holistic but also very fun way the essential self-mastery the first couple of weeks in particular is a deep dive into why we talk badly to ourselves why we sabotage our thoughts beliefs dreams goals relationships and all of that was there anything that stood out to you in the essential that really had you question or get curious more so or even feel inspired to do more what was it that you really got the big shift in that program um 
I think it was because it, it was every week, it just kept reminding me, do, do this for me for self-improvement, to, to better myself, but my feelings about myself. It wasn't for me bettering myself as much for others. It was bettering myself for me. So I found that, yeah, it was nearly, it's not selfish. It was self-focused, but it was um, the knock-on effect of doing that is huge. And that's what it was with my family noticed things and even people at work. They knew what I was doing. I mean, I was telling people about what I was doing and, and they, were, they were really interested and, like, you could see, I don't know, I guess it just it doesn't make you change your personality, but it changes your approach and your mindset. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is to look, I'm often the glass half half empty person and I probably still am, but it, but I can see the other side of things better now. And it's a simple thing. It's not, and it's not heavy psychology or heavy, you know, um, I didn't find it hard. It wasn't hard to relate to this stuff because it's presented so nicely and realistically that you're not like you have to read stuff and answer questions and yes or no, there's no right or wrong with any of it. And I think that's what made it um, so doable because I, I, at my age, I love saying that, my age, I don't want to go and study and be formalised, you know, and do something. I have to be educated and tick that right and get that wrong. And I, do, I don't want to study again, put it that way. And this wasn't like study, but I learnt so much. And I think that's what made it so doable for me and so enjoyable and, and, and get that much out of it because it was, it was what I wanted to get out of it. And also everything was tailored to what you – how you what you wanted to expand on you didn't have to focus on one particular thing some weeks it was like yeah that's that's cool i understand that that's great and the next week was like whoa i want to deep di- deep dive into that one that's fascinating and that really hit home with me so it, was, it depended on what it was each week um, well i think was what was i mean ride. just so that our listener knows you mm. did win the excellence award this year i <laughs> one thing that i would say that your skill is is when you commit to something you give it 100% and i just want to say in your humble opinion, if you go in, you go all in. You don't do something half-assed. You're not someone who will just try it or dabble or think that just by doing it you're going to be fixed or changed or become better. It takes an effort and it takes work. But as you've just alluded to, it's not hard or heavy work, but it's actually fascinating because it's all about mm. you. Yeah. So when, when you think about that and just knowing and being acknowledged for the Excellence Award, what did that mean to you? I was blown away by that because I thought I was just one of the group and we all did the same and thought the same. And <laughs> Look, I do engage. Part of it was communication, but that's, that's just me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of blown away but I guess it's, I just love doing it and I wanted to get stuff I wanted to get something out of it. I didn't know what I wanted to get out of it. I had no preconceived ideas of what I would become afterwards but I guess it I just clicked for my for where I am in my life right now it was to I'm, I'm lucky to have the time to say it's it was about me and it was to do with the self-love which I'd never really thought too much about I guess <laughs> Love everyone else, love my family, get into the self-love thing. It sort of turned a big page for me. Let's and um, look at that. Let's just, just examine that for a little bit because I don't think you're alone here. For many women in particular, and again, men aren't excluded from this, but I just find it interesting, 95% of my clients are women. And so I'm just curious from that perspective, it's natural for us to give to our family, our friends, our children. What is it like? Do you? I heard the word selfish there. That you said it wasn't selfish; it was more self-focused. Is there a problem with being selfish, in your opinion? Or what? What was that little word about? What? What do you mean? Is there something 
bad or wrong about investing in ourselves? No, I don't think there is at all. I think it's an absolute necessity, but you, it takes a while to ag- agree with yourself on that, to actually go, yeah, I am. it's okay for me to do this because it's time, it's effort, it's energy, and, it's, and it can be money as well. It depends on what, you, how you, what you're approaching. Um, so, no, I, 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 probably a long time ago I probably would have thought, oh, that's selfish to do that. Because you know, I need to be spending money on this or doing spending time doing that or whatever. But no, it's not, and it takes a while while to realize. (laughs) You know, you are you are number one in your own life, but you're also number one in many people's lives. So you've got to just share it out and 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 look after yourself as best you can, and and focus on yourself, and you know, do it right for yourself at at certain stages, depending on where you're at. So I don't know. Selfish was it's not it's not it's a negative term, I guess. But it was more, um, in a way, it's more, in a way, selfless doing it because you're doing it. You're, I'm nearly doing it for others as well. Well, I am. Well, that's the ripple effect, right? And we talked about the law of procession. And it doesn't matter whether it's the essential self mastery program or weekend. Doesn't matter what it is. It's the investment into learning from other people that inspire you, or perhaps you've become interested in that particular topic. It's in the case of never stop learning and never stop putting money into yourself. Mm. When you think back to that time and you look at all the the effort that you put into that, that ripple effect that it had. You mentioned it that the family noticed things with you. Is there anything specific, or was it a generalized thing where people noticed that you were different? And if so, what were the differences that they noticed? Um, I think, well, I certainly have more energy. Like I'm doing more stuff. I'm actually actively getting out and doing things I probably didn't used to do before, making an effort to be a bit more social, um, be a bit more committed to doing exercises uh, or, or being active, physically active, which I do love, but I just never really thought too much about it. Like I'll just get by with it. And now I'm doing stuff that's more appropriate for me and better for me, and and particularly my mental health stuff, um, like mindfulness stuff. I never used to even think about that, but now I know all about what you can do to be ha- have better mindset. I'm taking on a lot of those habits and little practices just to even things like breathing. I didn't know the first thing about breath work. And I do, I do lots of it, even if I'm lying in bed and I'm not able to sleep, I do box breathing or whatever. I, I, you know, just things I wouldn't have even heard about five, ten years ago. And I love that stuff. It's not hard. It doesn't cost you and it's really good for you if it works for you. That's right. And I think that's what's so beautiful. We talk about the law of procession, which is that there's always a, a, a ripple effect at a 90 degree angle. So if you think about dropping a, a pebble into a pond, mm. the minute that pebble hits the pond, there's a 90 degree reaction with the ripple yeah. effect of that wave going out. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you think about the ripple effect of you, and we look at your daughter, your son, your husband, it's not that in, it's not like, I, I can't say I look at you guys as a family and go, wow, they've completely changed. It's no. almost like what you had in you was enhanced. What was not serving you was let go of. Is that a better yeah. way to put it? Absolutely. And I and I, I know what you're saying. And the kids have taken on this um, new aspect of healthy life healthy healthy mind healthy eating as well where they can they've got to be practical about it we we have an organic market up the road we are so lucky but 
where my daughter's here, she she buys all the stuff from there as well, and she tries to buy organic where she can. She's she's also been, they've both been to this doctor to get a bit of a rundown on where they are with their health, which I think is fabulous for them to address it at their age in their early twenties. I wish I had known in my early twenties what I know now, um, but it, you know whatever, it's fine. I'm I'm fine as I am, but it, it's so valuable having a good start, a good baseline to know where where you're at health wise, what you may be more susceptible to. Um, not maybe not genetically. I don't know. That's that's up to individuals if you want to look at that side of things. But I just think it's really helpful to know, um, and and that can dictate a bit more about your lifestyle where you can and being active. We've always been active as well, but um, certainly the ripple effect with the kids and even my colleagues at work. They're a lot of them are fascinated by some of the stuff we talk about at lunchtime, whatever. You know, we talk about what we're eating, and here I am telling them today I'm picked out the caterpillars out of my organic kale and washed it off and I don't think I was eating any caterpillars but I know it was organic and it was bloody good <laughs> so you know that was a conversation we had at lunch and then we're talking about the markets and then someone's saying oh I should go to those markets you know that the, the organic or buy organic and and they start everyone starts talking about that sort of stuff now it's, it's fascinating and and it's becoming more and more available you know the thing that I'm loving and in, in hearing this conversation I'm sure the listeners the same uh, you, you've become more of the example than the evangelist. There's nothing worse than someone coming out guns blazing, telling you yeah. what you've got to do or you should do or you've got a problem or you've got this. There is nothing nicer than being the inspiration. Like they're obviously really interested in what you're doing because you've not gone back to them going, you guys need to do this. Yeah. Is that something that you've found has been just so easy to talk about, even though I'm sure you want everyone to have this knowledge? What's that little loophole? What's the difference? that's making the difference there that you're not putting it down their throats um i i don't know i suppose i probably would have 20 years ago it might have been a bit different different attitude but it's now it's um i guess i mean these these people i talk to are friends of mine as well and we're interested in each other and each other's lives. so we all have respect for each other and everyone has different choices different options different abilities different finances different everything um so it's kind of like we just share information and i i it's not it's practice what you preach but i don't preach it you know it's like you just it's a lot of it's no brainer too you know it's just it's it's easy to um to not promote but it's easy to share the information if people want it but i yeah i'm not the knowledge of it either so it's just kind of like i'll tell you what i'm doing if you want to know and hey i'll take you to the markets if you want to come well, I think thing. that's the key, though, isn't it? It's mm. that you want to share it if people ask. Mm. But I also notice that you're also very curious and interested in them. And mm. I think it's a two-way street. And maybe that's where some of us can go wrong at times, where we just so care about the people we love. Mm. And and you mentioned just briefly about genetics. And there is something to be said for genetics. And that's an amazing thing. And I love the way Libby and Cindy and many of these different experts talk about it, that you can have the loaded gun, i.e. you could have the breast cancer gene or you could have some sort of gene that predisposes you to a, a long-term autoimmune or medical condition, mm -hmm. but it's whether or not you pull the trigger. And what they talk about now is epigenetics, where it's the environment. If you can change the environment, you could possibly change quite honestly, whether or not those genes get switched on or off. Mm. And I think from your perspective, understanding this, also what gets me measured gets managed. It's Many people take supplements or take different things because they think that's what they need. Mm. But unless you actually really do look at your bloods and have someone that you trust and enjoy looking at it, again, that, that information could be lost 
So one of the things that I'd just love to point out here is that your beautiful doctor, um, one thing that I've noticed even with Libby, I've had one doctor read my bloods and I honestly walked out of that, that clinic thinking I was on death's door. The way she talked about it, I just thought I've, I've not got long to live. I Maybe that's a bit dramatic, but it was very, it hit me hard. Anyway, Libby, that same weekend she was up here, she said, let me have a look at your bloods. And she looked at it and she goes, oh, have you just got over a virus? And I said, yeah, I got pretty hit pretty hard with a pretty nasty virus. And she goes, oh, that's what your bloods are showing, that you're just you're coming back, you're recuperating. She goes, but gosh, for a woman in her 50s, these are amazing bloods. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Two yeah. doctors looking at the same results and yet having a different opinion. Is that something you'd say about this beautiful doctor of yours that is perhaps different to any other doctor that you've been to? Does she give you that real, that hope, that inspiration, that desire to want to know more? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it was the start of it. We didn't, when I first went to her over a year ago or two years ago, we didn't even talk about things like heavy metals. That wasn't part of the conversation, but it started because of the food we're eating and, 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 and getting other things in balance and working out what needed to be addressed probably more urgently but more prioritized compared to others we did that in that in that fashion and and things came to light that wouldn't have ever come come to light if i'd been to someone else you know what what if what other things affect my thyroid so what can i do to make my thyroid healthier so those sort of things and then the supplements i was taking you know get the right quality supplements i had no idea they were really crappy supplements out there and they're really good quality ones you don't know because you look at advertising so she just i guess she just opened my eyes up to what was better way to approach things. she doesn't say you have to do this you have to do that but if you want if I, and as i say i do commit to things so i was going to do what she said because i saw a real reason for it and and i guess she gave me a a positive sort of approach to this we can do this stuff and even the thing of getting off the um getting off the antidepressants was you can do this i'll just help you do it and we'll work out how you're going to deal with anxiety issues um, with more mindful practices and you know things like that so yeah she was I mean it was it's all round stuff it wasn't just get off the antidepressants and deal with it it was this is how you're going to get off it and this is how you will do you will be able to deal with it better and and I think yeah. what I love hearing here is the time that it's taken where most of us, and we all are guilty of it, we want that, we'd love the quick fix. If there was a little magic healthy pill that we could take and the problem would go away, of course. But the problem is, is around marketing and the problem is, is around pharmaceuticals and this multi-billion dollar industry that we want a problem fixed and they create a problem that can fix it or a, a, a an outcome that can fix it quickly, supposedly. Mm. But I love this approach of understanding, taking our time, going back for tests, seeing how that's changed, understanding your body, your physicality, your physiology, which is mm. different to your husband's, to your children's and all of that sort of thing. Well, what would be your number one recommendation to someone who's sitting here listening to this going, I need to see someone like that. How do you find a good quality integrative medical doctor? Oh, well, it's, it's pretty much talking to people who are interested in that area of work, like the connections with this, um, the essential the, the, the essential self-care weekend. A lot of us were talking about that sort of stuff there because we're all interested in the same sort of thing. And I know that came up and we were sharing um, ideas and names of potential contacts and, and getting uh, Libby Weaver's conversation. One of the webinars I did with her 
that was part of the conversation. So it was really just having those conversations and honestly Googling it as well, you know, to find an integrative or holistic doctor I think is really helpful. And honestly, some GPs do that too. I don't know. There are Some of my friends have GPs who are more interested in that. It's just sometimes it's time with them. You might have 15 minutes to discuss what can I do. And it's, it's just you, you need to spend time on that sort of stuff and so do they. So I think I'd, I'd be having those conversations with people who are in this mindset of, I want to improve my health and you'll start getting the right connections and recommendations, I think. And therein lies my point about why you go into different groups, things that kind of interest you, put yourself out there. Maybe it feels a bit scary to go along to something like this, but you're never alone in those sorts of things. And the people that get attracted to these kind of workshops, particularly I've been presenting the Essential Self-Care Weekend for over 20 years. Mm. Not one of them has been the same. Every one of them, I learned something. I love the connections, the laughter, the love notes, the the funny stories, the, the vulnerable moments, the learnings, also the hard parts. Sometimes there's challenges for people that they're going through. And so to sure. be in a supportive environment like that, all of these things that you've been doing, they're all acts of self-love. They really are. When you invest time, money, and energy into yourself, mm-hmm. that is self-love. But what is your definition of self-love? Uh, I think it's, for me, it's accepting me for what I honestly am and loving me for what I honestly am, my my good, my bad, my ugly points, everything. And we're all a work in progress. It's just a, it's a self-acceptance and, yeah, just feeling good in your own skin, mentally and physically, really, that I'm, I'm, I'm 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 good with me, you know. I I'm doing I do my best and I love where I'm at and I'm happy with it. It's a happiness in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean so you can talk beautiful. about self actualization and go on to another tangent of where you really want to be and that's a whole another spiritual side of things I I want to delve more into, but it, I don't have the the um mental energy for that one yet. But that's fascinating for me as well. I just, I just like the whole thing of it's feeling better within yourself and and being good to yourself and and kind to yourself and others, which once you are to yourself, you are to others anyway. It's an automatic thing. Yeah, so. and I think what I also love about all of you amazing souls who have participated in these programs is the one thing that you all love to do is to come back and then be on support crew for the next beautiful group that comes through. And again, we get a different perspective of the workshop when we're crewing and serving others. Mm. What have you found that was so beautiful playing that role in supporting others? Well, you continue to learn. But the biggest thing I think with a lot of your um, events is the connections people have afterwards. A lot of these things people can go to and it's finished, it's done, see you later. Oh, hi, yeah, we might swap email addresses or something. I don't know. But you're, the way things are with social media now, it's fantastic. We are all still connected from the weekend and from the um, course. And, like, you know, we've got a group doing a um, uh, the Wild Women Trek from that group. Uh, I would never have thought that. We're all going to be walking in July or a whole lot of us. And, and there's a whole lot of us in the group even supporting us, the four of us who are walking. So I think that's part – the biggest part of it was the support afterwards – and and the communications and you make we've made friends we've all become friends afterwards which I never really thought about that and I didn't expect that of it but that's a beautiful thing and it, you just don't get that when you go in, when you do courses generally you don't you'll fly back home or you go offline and that's the end of it but I think with yours that's something special about that that 
a lot of people don't realise it's a huge benefit, especially, you know, for people looking to communicate and connect more. And that's been huge. But just supporting afterwards, support, being support crew for those events, it's um, – well, I've only done well. I've done a couple of things with yourself, but um, it's just—it's really um, you feel it's not like you're imparting knowledge, but you're just supporting people, and, and it, it's just a good feeling connecting with them and giving them. Well, there yeah, that happened to me too. You know, I don't know what I'm doing with aromatherapy still. I love it, but you know, I'll, I'll try to help you, but we might have to experiment. I don't know. It's not even—it's not even like we're, we're the, you know, we just go and ask ask you or one of the girls who's done it more times, and you just keep learning and learning and mm. learning. And doing. It's the doing yeah. that helps implement it without having yeah. to go and study it, like you said before. And I think yeah. that's probably what I love most about the the work that I create and, and present is that I know a lot of people don't want to go and study all these different modalities no, or feel exactly. like they need to get the qualification, but I wanted mm. to impart my 30 years of knowledge and training into mm. something that had it in a really fun, succinct way that connected everybody, brought everyone together. And I love that. It just, I didn't know what you were going to say today. And it's just warms my heart to know the ripple effect that this programs, um, the, the self-care weekend and the self-mastery program, mm. that they've created this beautiful ripple effect. And I know mm. that any of the women that have been part of those programs listening to you will all be going, yeah, that's exactly how we feel. Yeah. I mean, we've got women that did my programs, you know, 10 years ago that still show up to the Essential Self-Care Weekend because they just mm. love seeing the process of what others go through. And that experience is so beautiful to impart and hold people in that space. It's mm. not scary. It's mm. not confronting, but it's interesting. And I don't push to the point where you are put out of your comfort zone, but it actually pushes you a little bit for yourself more than anything. I just, I know you and I could talk forever and I know that we could keep going on this, but if there was a final message or anything you wanted to impart either for your family, your friends, your networks, or to the beautiful self-love podcast listener, mm -hmm. you know, maybe incorporate your favorite quote and what would be your parting message to anyone listening to this? For me, reflecting on my journey over the last few years, which has been fantastic and would never have predicted I would do this, um, but so glad I have. It's, it, I guess it is the one of invest in yourself before sickness invests itself in you. Not not being cynical or negative. It's just a realistic reality check of, of getting older and trying to get old well, do it well, and do it the best. Do the best with what you've got and and make it better where you can. And doing courses, learning whatever weekends just changing your lifestyle a bit, all that stuff, it's it's doable. And there's so many, there's so much information out there and so much support and, yeah, it's good fun. And I made lots of friends out of what I've been doing too, which it's not the sort of thing I would have expected at this time in my life to be making friends. You know, it's, you sort of change jobs, you move, you, you not lose friends, but you don't, you have to maintain friendships to create more. But these ones created out of like-minded people and it's it's brilliant. But definitely the investment in yourself is the uh, is the key, I think. Oh, Fiona, mm. it's such a privilege to to know you. I adore your family. I love your children and your gorgeous husband. And we've had many laughs and get-togethers. And it's been such a treat to be on this journey and be a small part of your journey 
um, particularly that we get together and we have lots of conversations around this. So I just, I just wanted to share that there is no accident that you won the Excellence Award and there's no accident of the journey that you've partaken in the last couple of years. And I just think for the, anyone listening to this, um, you can reach out to our beautiful Fiona online via the uh, the you could reach out via Facebook or whatever, but you can absolutely follow her journey through this podcast and maybe see yourself in it. Um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making yourself available and and doing something that you've probably never done before. And <laughs> no, I've never pushed you out of your comfort zone again. <laughs> <laughs> that's good for me. I don't. Yeah, I just that's why I said no. I'm gonna do that. That's fine. That's great. And I loved it. Really appreciate the opportunity. And um, yeah, I hope it. Yeah, you know, inspires someone to jump on board too because it's definitely worth it. Love definitely you lots, worth it. darling. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.